We're talking today about redefining dating. And in that, we need to challenge one of the biggest assumptions of all, that dating means sex. Like, if you're not having sex with someone, or working up to the point of having sex with them, then it's not a, quote, real relationship. We see this in our language in a lot of different ways. Sex is what makes a relationship official. If you're not having sex, you're just friends. That dating is like a baseball game metaphor, where you move from one base to another, and if you don't progress to having sex, you're losing somehow. All of this is challenged by the reality of asexuality. People still often don't know what it is, and if they do know what it is and are confused, it's often um, just a complete disbelief that somebody would not necessarily be focused on having sex. That's Bauer, the founder of Aces NYC, a meetup group for asexual and aromantic people in New York that now boasts 600 members. Bauer goes by just one name when talking publicly about her relationships because she doesn't want her private life to get mixed up with her professional life. So if you're one of those people who still doesn't quite know what asexuality is, here's a quick definition from three asexual people who were interviewed in a video made by BuzzFeed. Asexuality is an orientation in which the individual does not experience sexual attraction. Heterosexuality is attraction to opposite gender. Homosexuality is attraction to the same gender. I'm not interested in having sexual contact with a male or female or any gender. Asexuality is very much not the same thing as being celibate. Celibacy is a choice. Planning for the future for someone that you want to save yourself for. Asexuality is a sexual orientation and therefore not a choice. I talked to Bauer about how the growing awareness of asexuality is redefining relationships. Tell me about Aces NYC. What's, what is the group and why did you start it? We have social meetups once a month, sometimes July or June and July are way more currently. Um, and and then sometimes we have discussion groups once a month also that usually have a topic if somebody remembers to pick one ahead of time, meaning if I remember to pick one ahead of time. And I had sort of thought for a little bit that maybe I wasn't asexual, and then I realized that I really was. And then I decided if that was what was true for me, that I needed a community, and if there wasn't one, I think I'd been in New York City at this point for six years. And so I said, nobody's done this yet? Okay, fine. <laughs> um, so then I, then I started it. What are some of the biggest myths and misconceptions you hear about asexuality? When you tell people that you're asexual or that you run um, ACES NYC, what are some of the responses you get where you're like, no, that's actually, that's actually not true? People still often don't know what it is. And if they do know what it is, and are confused, it's often um, just a complete disbelief that somebody would not necessarily be focused on having sex or, or being sexually interested in other people. Or like, I, I don't know if I am interested in somebody in a way that is different from finding out if you're interested in being friends with someone. Um, like that's a concept that I don't understand. I have to find out who somebody is, listen to them talk. I can see them across the room and have like get faint hints of what they're talking about and how they're engaging with other people and then think they're really cool. But, um, I can't just look at somebody and decide that I think that they're intriguing and that sort of baffles a lot of people sometimes. One of the big myths I know around asexuality is that you don't have relationships at all, that 
um asexual yeah, people that's are like, another one. like frigid or or like just not connected to other people so what do, what does your dating life look like right now what what kind of relationships are you involved in so i am also poly and i live with two people who i have a uh, atypical relationships with so i have my romantic partner who i've been with for two and not quite a half years who um who lives here and then also i have another person who is like sometimes we've described it as queer platonic relationships other times it's been like we're best friends and um but they're both very very significant people in my life and sometimes we go on dates maybe they're friend dates maybe they're more than friend dates but they sort of like create enough intimacy the the two um relationships for me sort of create enough intimacy in my life for myself and like they are people like we're moving together next month for example like if um i were to ever go to a different city like i would figure out ways to maintain those relationships um and things like that which i wouldn't necessarily do with my friends and I wouldn't necessarily even do with like my best friend and, or like my best friend from high school. Like that would never have been a thing. Like I wouldn't move because she moved to DC, for example. So in our culture, dating and sex are so deeply intertwined. Like we have this concept of like dating means having sex with someone or wanting to have sex with them, planning in the future to someday have sex with them. So how does dating look different for you what does dating mean to you if you're not interested in having sex yeah that confuses a lot of people also um i mean dating for me kind of looks like a romantic comedy that is pg-13 so (laughs) what you see is what you get what's on screen is available and there aren't any additional innuendos there's no off-screen scenes and things like that Uh, What about from a feelings standpoint, though? I think that I have similar feelings to those who are romantically inclined. Like, I know a bunch of people who enjoy having casual sex without romantic feelings. And so I would say they would be different from those people's experiences. But I, I think when I hear about people's sort of romantic experiences, they're sort of similar. Like, I get particularly excited to see people and like want to spend more of my time than is reasonable with them and like will stay up extra late for like the ability to keep talking and like stuff like that and um so I think it's sort of similar at least from what I've heard do you feel like like conversations around asexuality are are different now than they were like 10 years ago right before you moved to New York like what's different these days about like cultural understanding of asexuality and your own understanding of asexuality? Well, when I moved here, there I had never met another asexual person. And now a significant portion of my friends, um, at least at some point in time, have identified as asexual. And also when I talk to people in general, more people sort of know what it is that I'm talking about, or at least have heard a single sentence description of it. Um, when I would first sort of come out to people when I came to New York, people would be sort of polite and then ask what that was. And then 
if I was out somewhere and it became a little later, like 2 a.m. or something like that, then people would be like, okay, wait, so I know that I said that I understood this, but I kind of really don't. Can you explain all of this all over again to me now that I am a little bit intoxicated? Um, <laughs> and so, I mean, that that still happens a little bit, but um, people are a little bit, a little bit more informed. Here's, here's what I'm curious about is, is like, how do you think that as we as we gain more understanding and knowledge about asexuality, like both as people who are asexual and people who are not asexual, just as a society and as a culture, how is that redefining what people think of as dating and redefining what people think of as relationships? Do you feel like like coming to understand and learn about asexuality like challenges our norms around dating in some major ways? Or do you feel like it, it fits right into the way that our culture at large is is already operating. I think that we have to talk about what dating is and what's okay with us and what our boundaries are and what we're comfortable with and what we're interested in by default. We have to. We don't have a choice, which is also true with the poly community. You have to explain yourself. You have to say, hi, I'm interested in you. This is what I'm available for. Does that work for you? Um, and I think in the same way that asexual community um, unless you're really compromising basically everything about yourself, you have to say, hi, this is who I am. This is what would work for me. Is that okay with you? Um, in a way that sort of heteronormative society can get away with not doing. And I don't think that that's healthy for anybody. I think that it's really important to explain who you are and, and where you're at and what you're interested in, in another person. Um, and so I think that we have had to develop and we've and we've learned a lot from other communities like like the poly community and also the kink community um about how to really have conversations people say oh you have to talk about it oh you have to communicate better oh you need better communication but they often don't say how do you do that um and i think that it would be beneficial for everybody who interacts with anyone ever which is basically everyone um that it's it's really beneficial to learn how to have conversations like that. And I think one of the really big things that the ACE community can do, and we are working on, is that if you think about sex education from an asexual standpoint, it becomes really accessible to people who are younger. So you say, like, how can you talk about consent as an asexual person, and those things are appropriate for middle school and even elementary school and even kindergarten, you know, like making sure that it's okay to ask somebody if you can hug them or ask them if they're like having a bad time or what would be comforting for them or, you know, saying like, hi, I really had a great time like going to the park with you yesterday. That would be a nice thing to do in the future, but I know that you're interested in this other thing that you asked me about and I'm not sure I want to do that, but I would love to, you know, go play on the swing set again. Those things are like sort of very basic tenets of how you initiate relationships with other people that nobody really ever teaches you. But it's one of the most important things to do. And I think that um, we sort of inherently have to do that much more so than heteronormative society. And even like some sort of like mainstream gay relationships where you can end up or, or relationships where you can like start off by meeting and hooking up and then maybe you realize you actually like the other person um, where you maybe didn't have to have a conversation about it first. Yeah. So since you're, you're kind of forced to have the kind of conversations to explain 
your sexuality and what what you want and what you don't want um whereas like sort of mainstream heterosexual couples can sometimes let things slide and just assume that they know what the other person wants when really they should be having the same kind of conversations too right exactly like have you ever met two people or i guess asking a sex therapist would be the most appropriate but like have you ever met two people who want the same sex at the same time like forever (laughs) no like that's never gonna happen (laughs) I wish totally that was real. I always wish it right? was easier than than it actually is. <laughs> yeah, and and people just sort of assume that it's gonna be fine or it's gonna work out or or whatever. And it's like, no, you really you really do have to sort of explain what you want from any kind of relationship, but particularly things that people feel uncomfortable talking about. That was Bauer, the founder of Aces NYC. People are so quick to get judgmental about dating, you know, to say that's gross or that's wrong or I wouldn't do that. We're quick to police each other. But people should have the freedom to make the kinds of relationships they want, right? As long as they're rooted in consent. There's no algorithm or list of easy rules to create a happy, successful relationship. Good relationships look all different sorts of ways. You have to define what a great date looks like for yourself. 